This week on Growing in Motherhood. I never had breasts before. Then I get my pregnancy boobs, which were luxurious. And now it's like I got pancakes. So somebody please help me understand why Leah gets a booty and I get flabby boobs. You're listening to Growing in Motherhood, the podcast that inspires mamas to grow, where we talk about the real stuff, not just the good stuff and share all things parenting and motherhood insight. We are first cousins with 10 kids between the four of us, ranging in age from six years to just six months old. Whether you are currently expecting, have kids of your own, or would like to in the future, this show is for you. Let's get started and grow with us. The information in this episode is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your healthcare provider with any questions you may have. Welcome back to another episode of Growing in Motherhood. We are so thankful that you guys have joined us. We want to say welcome to all of our mamas and our potential mamas that may be listening And to any newcomers, we just want to say a a special welcome. Thanks for joining us. I am your host for today's episode, Erin. And I'm joined by two of your other hosts, Jaren and Leah. What up? (laughs) Hey, ladies. Joya, unfortunately, could not be with us today. And we are definitely missing you, Joya. Today's episode is on the topic of long-term physical effects of pregnancy on a woman's body. Why is this important to discuss? There are so many things that we experience throughout our journey of motherhood. There are so many situations that we can find humor in and the physical changes that we experience in our bodies after pregnancy are no different. So there are plenty of reasons for us to just sit back and take a moment and and talk about this and, and get a good laugh out of it. I want this to be a light conversation and a fun conversation, but I also want it to be something that our listeners can hear and find some sense of community as they listen. I want them to um, have a sense that, hey, I'm, I'm not the only one that has saggy breasts after breastfeeding, or I'm not the only one who has a little bit of um, difficulty controlling my bladder at random, unexpected times. I want our listeners to be aware that you are not the only one, sis. We are right here with you. So that's the first reason. The next reason is I just want us to be able to um, help our listeners, perhaps a new mom or a potential mom, set their expectations appropriately. Motherhood is a beautiful journey. There are so many um, ups and downs and transitions, and there are some changes that, that take place in your body that may actually revert or reverse 
and there are others that may last long term. So we want to talk about some of those lasting effects so that you can have appropriate expectations. And the final and perhaps most important reason that we need to have this conversation is that there are actually some women who after pregnancy and after breastfeeding and after these changes that they've experienced in their body, they feel embarrassed or ashamed of the changes to the point that they don't want to talk about them even with their healthcare provider. And I want this conversation to hopefully encourage some mamas out there that may be in that camp. It's okay to talk about these things. There is nothing to be embarrassed about. This is another one of the beautiful parts of motherhood. Even, yes, these changes to our bodies, it's another beautiful part of this journey of motherhood. And I want you to be encouraged to go ahead and follow up with your healthcare provider, especially if you feel like there is something that is abnormal, if there's something that you're concerned about. And, you know, don't, don't brush it under the rug. Don't push it to the back of your mind. Go ahead. And if you have a concern, say something. So we wanted to kind of keep this fun to start out with. Uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to play our own virtual version of Never Have I Ever. I'm going to go ahead and lead out and I'm going to ask Leah and Jaren if they can just, you know, chime in and say, me, oh yes, I got that one. <laughs> if they hear something <laughs> that they can relate to or that they have experienced postpartum, whether it was immediately after pregnancy or whether it has been something down the line that you've experienced, ladies, I want you to go ahead and chime in and let us know. Let our listeners know that's you. Okay. Oh let's do it. <laughs> let's go. All right. So here we go. And just so y'all know, I'm saying I'm leading out and saying never have I ever, but the truth is a number of these I have experienced. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start with one that's near and dear to my heart. Never have I ever accidentally peed on myself while jumping up and down. Or while not doing anything and just sitting laughing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Phrase it. Never have I ever accidentally peed on myself while jumping up and down, laughing, sneezing, <laughs> coughing, lifting something, or exerting myself. Any of those. You calling me out, Aaron. You calling me out. That's me. <laughs> I'm right there with you, Duran. <laughs> All right. Never have I ever tried to put on a shoe that fit me prior to pregnancy, only to find out that my feet have gotten bigger. Anyone? Probably. I mean, the only thing is, like, a lot of my shoes I don't even wear because we're in the middle of a pandemic and I got nowhere to go. We're not um, going nowhere. <laughs> we ain't going outside. <laughs> um, but I feel like there has been a shoe or two. And I'm like, huh. You know, it's not as comfortable. Mm -hmm. Okay. Never have I ever looked down at my boobs and thought, hmm, they used to be a little bit more perky. Oh, mm. all day. Count me in. <laughs> <laughs> yes okay okay uh let's see never have i ever looked down at my belly and been like you used to be flat mm. okay can i throw something at you i feel like you calling me out 
Like, I feel like you're coming for me, Aaron. <laughs> These are me, too. I just, you know, someone has to lead the game. Oh, I just feel oh, a little okay. salty okay. right now. I feel like I, I've been saying yes for almost everyone. So I'm in my feelings, but that's all right. <laughs> But you know what? I hope I hope all these yeses that they're hearing out here. I hope this helps some mom feel better about herself. Yes, <laughs> you are, you not, are alone. not alone. Yes, you are not alone. <laughs> all right. So let's see. Never have I ever been too tired for sex. Now, every woman in the world, pregnant or not, <laughs> baby or not, mother or not, better raise her hand because we know it's true. So. Well, I was just like, I don't know if that's like just due to pregnancy. Like, that's just due to life. But yes. okay. <laughs> true. Right. So yes, while that may exist outside of pregnancy and postpartum, it definitely is, is something that, you know, we see happen mm-hmm. postpartum. So, and for good tangible reasons, right, that we can point to. So I think I think I might wrap it up there with our little game. And I apologize, Duran. <laughs> Again, I'm right there with you. I think all the things that I've asked um, are actually uh, things, changes that I have experienced within my own body. So anyone yeah. listening that, that was feeling salty with Jaren, hey, <laughs> we're right there with you. <laughs> that was actually a lot of fun. So I want to go ahead and discuss some of the conditions that we see postpartum. I want to start with some of the more common ones that you have probably uh, seen, heard about, and most likely experienced yourself um, if you are a woman that's um, given birth, if you're a mother. And then I want to move on to some of the um, long-term effects that you may not be as familiar with and some of these changes that occur in a woman's body postpartum that may cause a woman to feel embarrassed or ashamed to bring them up to anyone, especially or even her healthcare provider. As we go through and discuss some of these conditions, I'm definitely going to share some of the things that I personally experienced. And Leah and Jaren, I want for you guys as well to jump right in, chime in when there's something that you hear that you can relate to that you may have experienced uh, postpartum or you know, somewhere down the line after childbirth. So let's start with some of the ones that we are pretty familiar with. Many women experience skin changes after pregnancy, after childbirth. Um, for myself, you know, I even had issues with um, urticaria, which are hives, um, and itching to my skin, on the backs of my arms, the underside of my arms, my abdomen, things that I had never experienced before. And that was after each of my pregnancies that seemed to flare up. And it did calm down a bit as I moved further away from my postpartum period. It still happens every once in a while, but that's just my personal experience. Um, as with many other women, I also experienced retention of my weight gain, which started to improve once I finished breastfeeding my daughter. So definitely some impact there from the hormones that play a role uh, during breastfeeding. Some of the other common ones that we are probably familiar with are stretch marks, sagging in the breasts um, for some women, even different sizes for the breast. If you breastfed perhaps, and if your baby preferred one breast over the other, or if mom preferred using one breast over the other, there may be a difference in size um, after you finish breastfeeding. So that's something that we commonly see as well. Another common finding is a decrease in sex drive. You know, you heard us talk about that in our Never Have I Ever game, Um, but that's common and that's real. So 
women also don't be afraid to discuss that with your provider it's a common change that we see after childbirth and throughout that postpartum and maybe even beyond that due to a decrease in estrogen levels due to fatigue exhaustion you know moms being just in that survival mode as you've heard us call it before so don't be afraid to talk to your provider about that as well and get some recommendations that may help you so those are some of the more common changes that we see taking place postpartum i want to move now to talk about some long-term changes that occur uh, for women postpartum that we may not be as familiar with and we may be a little bit more embarrassed or hesitant to discuss these with anyone um, or with our provider. So as you listen, mamas, I want you to um, take note. If there's anything here that stands out to you, if there's anything here that you can relate to, I definitely want you to um, be encouraged to go ahead and talk to your healthcare provider and get some input. It may be nothing or it may be something bigger than what you're thinking. There is a condition called pelvic floor dysfunction. And this is something that we see having several different causes, but one of the common causes of pelvic floor dysfunction for women is pregnancy. So pelvic floor dysfunction can present in many different ways, but I wanna first tell you what exactly pelvic floor dysfunction is. So it's the inability to correctly relax and coordinate your pelvic floor muscles to have a bowel movement. The symptoms can include constipation, straining to have a bowel movement, having urine or stool leakage, experiencing a frequent need to pee. And another one that is uh, more specific to women, this symptom is having pain with sex. So for women, that's something to look out for as well. The good news is that there are definitely treatments for this condition that can be helpful in getting you back to a better quality of life. Many of these conditions that we talked about previously, the ones that we're more familiar with, you know, because they're common and we see them often, we hear about them often, some women may just be okay with them and may be fine dealing with them. But some of the ones that we're getting into now, these are things that actually can affect a woman's quality of life. And if that's the case, all the more reason that we want you to be encouraged to speak up and say something so that you can get back to having a better quality of life. So the pregnancy mask, also known as melasma, or the mask of pregnancy, is seen when pregnant women develop areas on their face that darken or become what we call hyperpigmented. So it can produce blotchy or irregular shapes on the face and elevated levels of the hormones estrogen and progesterone are what trigger these dark spots to appear. It can often worsen with sun exposure. So definitely something to um, be careful of how much sun exposure during pregnancy and making sure that you're protecting your skin. Um, the the thing to note here is that with melasma, this is something that can be treated. However, if it's left untreated, it will last long term. Tooth loss is something that we probably don't think of as associated with pregnancy or postpartum. But the American Journal of Public Health found that the more children a woman has, the more likely she is to lose her teeth. Women between the ages of 35 and 49 who have had one baby lose an average of two teeth and mothers with four or more children lose an average of seven teeth. So definitely something to pay attention to. Mamas, if you are pregnant, um, contemplating becoming pregnant, 
Make sure that you are staying up to date with your dental appointments. Make sure that your dental hygiene is on point. So keep up with your dentist. What we know is that the acid from morning sickness can begin to wear away at tooth enamel. And in addition to that, hormonal changes can also impact uh, the amount of bacteria in the mouth. So Jaren, did you experience something along these lines? I think it's kind of weird to even say this. Um, and I don't know if anybody else has experienced this, but in terms of like the bacterial changes in your mouth, I know yeah. almost every time I was pregnant, I got thrush in my mouth. Oh. So, and I remember with like, first time I noticed, like, what the heck is this? I went to my dad uh, who uh, is a physician. So he's able to tell me what it was. And then I was able to, see, able to see my primary care doctor and get some, um, like mouthwash or something. Right. But right. it's not like I wasn't brushing my teeth because I was, but it's just the shift in the bacteria in my body. I got thrush. So I don't know if there's any mom out there who experienced that, but it almost looks like, almost like a, it sounds gross, like a white layer on your tongue or like, um, like a white kind of fuzzy, like, yep. I, it sounds so disgusting. It makes my skin crawl. No, but, you're right. <laughs> but, and I, I hate to, I hate to admit it. I remember trying to talk to my husband about what I was noticing. I was so embarrassed to even like talk about it. It felt weird. And, yeah, but it yeah. happens because of the hormonal changes in our bodies. It changes the, what's it called? Microbiome. So I just want to highlight that. So if you notice some changes orally, um, consult your dentist, consult your yep. primary care doctor, and they can definitely help you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Duran, so much for sharing. So mamas, listeners, thrush looks exactly how Duran described, and it can be on the tongue, it could be on uh, the roof of your mouth, even spread to your tonsils, your gums, um, the inner cheeks, and it is a fungal infection, so it's caused by fungus. So the good thing is, it can be treated with antifungals. So there are many options for treatment. A couple of other things I want to touch on. Um, one is bladder dropping, stress incontinence. Those two conditions are linked to some extent. What we tend to see um, with vaginal delivery is stress being put on the vaginal wall. Now, just a little bit of anatomy, just a little bit, y'all. The vaginal wall supports the bladder. So childbirth, that process of labor and delivery, puts stress on this vaginal wall. So that can cause long-term damage, potentially. Later in life, it's not uncommon for the vaginal wall to actually cave in, essentially, causing the bladder to drop into the vagina. So once that happens, this can trigger like a domino effect, right? Um, not only does the bladder and the urethra where our, our urine comes out of the bladder, the urethra and the rectum shift into the vagina, but this can also put added pressure on the bladder causing leakage. And so that's when you get the things that we were laughing and joking about as uh, during our game, when you're jumping, you're laughing, you're coughing, or you're, you're exerting yourself, lifting something heavy or anything like that, you're putting stress in that same area and that can cause urine leakage. So, you know, I, in, the, in the beginning, I joked and said, you know, you, you might pee on yourself at inappropriate times, but this is why. So there's a very um, specific uh, physiological reason for this happening. So that's called stress incontinence. And there are also um, recommendations and, and treatments that can help with this. So don't be afraid, don't be ashamed or embarrassed to talk about this. Diastasis recti is another condition that we can see following childbirth that I definitely want to touch on. 
It's another one that can last for years or be lifelong. And it's a condition in which the muscles of the abdomen actually separate. So the uterus grows and it stretches the muscles of the abdomen as, um, as it's growing. And as a result, it can cause separation of the abdominal muscles. This is something that's common in women who are over 35 and women that have delivered high birth weight babies or who have delivered multiples or had multiple pregnancies. So symptoms to look out for are bulging. If you notice a bulge in the middle of your belly, you may usually only notice it when your abdominal muscles are tense or when you're going from lying down to sitting up. You're contracting those abdominal muscles. Or if you cough, you might notice a bulge uh, protruding out from the middle of your belly. And for some women, they may just simply feel like they still look pregnant. So a lot of times women will describe it in that way. The last thing that I want to touch on is called erectocele. So during childbirth, it's also possible to tear um, the thin tissue that separates the rectum and the vagina. Uh, rectal tissue, as a result, can then bulge through this opening, kind of similar to what happens with a hernia. So women who deliver large babies weighing more than nine pounds or those who have quick deliveries are more susceptible to this condition. So Leah, how about you? Anything in our list that we've gone through that resonates with you that you may have experienced postpartum? And it doesn't have to be something that we've discussed on this list of common changes. I'm interested to know, was there anything that took you by surprise or caught you off guard that you experienced postpartum? Yeah. So, I mean, I experienced things like, you know, I have stretch marks and, you know, little, little pudge uh, in the abdomen area. Um, but one of the things that, oh, and I also had like, you know, like hair loss around my hairline and such. Um, but one of the things that really surprised me and that I actually had to seek medical care for was pain in my feet every time I would walk. And it was really bad, like in the morning time. So I guess after my feet had been elevated for some time. And so I had to go see a podiatrist. Um, we had to get like x-rays of my feet and just really just try to figure out like what was going on. And I was just thinking like, okay, you know, I was home all my pregnancy barefoot, literally barefoot and pregnant. Um, that <laughs> was like, I'm maybe sorry. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking like, okay, because I was barefoot and pregnant, maybe I just didn't have enough support my entire pregnancy. And this is a reminder to listeners out there. I had twins, right? So yes. I had two babies. I made it 36 weeks, but I was still carrying at 36 weeks, 10 and a half pounds of baby, which is a lot of baby, right? I mean, that's Together, that's one big baby. So I, my thought was, okay, it's just like a lot of pressure. I didn't have the right arch support because again, I wasn't wearing shoes for months. Um, and basically everything came back um, and he determined it was just a lot of inflammation in my feet. And so I had to go on medication to help with that inflammation and to help some of the swelling. Um, and so that was just, I don't know, I feel like that really caught me off guard because you think like, oh, pregnancy, but it really just consumes like all of your body. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I had to like just change the kind of shoes I wear. Like basically he was like, I never want you to be barefoot. Like I want you to always wear shoes in conjunction with taking this medicine. Right. Um, and so now, you know, we're a year out. Every now and then I may feel pain, but it's nothing unbearable. And it wasn't like unbearable to the point like I couldn't walk, but it was just extremely uncomfortable mm. that I'd never had before pregnancy. Um, so I always just make sure I have a good arch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was side eyeing my shoes when I walked in. He was like, "Yeah, those are cute, but those will not <laughs> do." Okay, so kind of, you know, every now and then I do pull them out, but you know, I, I remember that that's etched in my mind. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then even like Aaron earlier, you mentioned like shoe size, and I don't necessarily think that my shoe size changed. But I have put on heels um, and I used to wear heels like six days a week for like eight plus hours. Mm. And when I tell you when I wear heels, like it hurts, like they're they're not comfortable at all. So I'm like, hmm, this Man. is interesting. So, yeah, I'm kind of sad about that, but. It is Are you going to have to take some painkillers and stuff <laughs> your feet in those heels? Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's your MO. How can you not wear heels, Leah? <sighs> I know. Like, I feel like wearing heels is like me, you know, like it's a part of me. So to not do it, it's just like, ugh, I feel like. You better say it's... a prayer and jump mm. in the heels. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. If you're Leah's you're doctor and you're listening, <laughs> don't be mad at me. <laughs> please turn it off right now. <laughs> Somebody cut the live feed. <laughs> so, yes, Leah, that makes a lot of sense. So what we tend to see um, in pregnancy is an increase in a hormone called relaxin. So relaxin affects the ligaments of the body. So it helps to loosen the pelvic ligaments in preparation for childbirth, which is great, right? So that the baby can grow and, and develop um, appropriately without any hindrance, without any unnecessary discomfort to mom. But what also happens with relaxin is that it affects the ligaments in your feet. And so for many women, they may present with foot or heel pain. Which is what he told me. And so he reassured me it wasn't because I was barefoot and pregnant. But in my mind, like, you know, that was still valid. So, right, right. <laughs> Well, I'm glad he debunked that. <laughs> <laughs> but what I will say, because it's important, is mamas do wear supportive shoes throughout your pregnancy. Very important. And if you're having any foot or heel pain, especially after um, elevating your feet or after... Um, not being on your feet from some time, and then when you step out onto the floor, you feel that heel pain. That's a common presentation for that. So that's something to look out for. So this can lead to a couple of things. That relaxation or or loosening of the ligaments of the feet can cause um, fallen arches, flattening of the feet, um, elongation of the feet. So that's why we can see larger feet after pregnancy. And that's why we can also see a condition that's called plantar fasciitis, which is an inflammation in the tissue on the bottom of the feet, that plantar fascia. So those fallen arches can then put you at risk for that increased inflammation, that plantar fasciitis, and that foot pain on the bottom of your feet. Good news for that one as well. There are treatments that can help. There are exercises. Icing can help. Um, There are medications that can help. So do follow up with your provider regarding that 
if it's something that you're experiencing. So, Joran, I want to pose the same question to you that I did to Leah. I want to open it up for you to share with our listeners anything that you may have experienced postpartum that caught you by surprise. Yeah, you know, I agree. I think many of the things that you've mentioned, even some of the things that Leah's introduced into the conversation, I've experienced. Um, you, you guys know me. I have like this thing with my stomach, right? And so... Um, you know, part of it is like stress eating. And then part of it is also this like diastasis recti. I can never say that properly, but that's the separation in your abdominal muscles. Um, but then I also, I, I didn't really realize this. I was reading an article about changes that women experience, long-term changes postpartum. And um, I came across this quote from a uh, maternal nutritionist from, the, from Cornell University. And she was mentioning that um, one in four women hang on to about 11 pounds or more a year after giving birth. And then mm -hmm. after having a baby, a woman on average retains about 2.5 to five pounds after mm -hmm. pregnancy. And yeah. um, then the, the author of the article was noting, imagine repeating that process for four or five babies. After that, the extra weight gain can be significant, right? So if you accumulate 2.5 to five pounds per babies, and I was reading this like, man, okay, four babies in the game. It's like, it, it makes sense to me for a number of reasons why I have this abdominal weight that is so frustrating and annoying. Um, and at the same time, I'm glad to hear that I'm not alone, right? Like, it's not just yeah. me who's walking around with this extra weight. <laughs> right. But, um, but that was interesting to me. So that's something that I have noticed is just this excess weight. And for me, I'm a slim person. So it literally is right in my belly area. Um, so that's something that's been frustrating. That's been ongoing and is a constant struggle for me. Yeah. So I want to jump in when you talk about like weight during and just like your body changes. So I gained 50 pounds um, throughout my pregnancy with my twins and, um, and I know we had an episode related to snapback. And so I went into a lot of more of that experience, but I basically am back to my pre baby weight, but my body proportions are different. Mm. So, um, the clothes that I was able to fit, um, are like really tight in some areas that weren't before, like mostly like my hip and my butt, like, Hey, little, but honestly, like going in, like, I was just like, well, I guess I measured my ability to kind of like get back to old, old Leah by just what was on the scale and not mm -hmm. realizing that really your proportion, you know, the, the proportions of your body can also adjust, um, mm -hmm. and remain. So I, um, found that to be, I mean, and I'm not saying it in a good or a bad way, like it just is what it is. Um, but there's a lot of clothes that I just can't fit, um, even though I was, I think, like, 145 before I was pregnant, and now I'm 145. But it won't, mm. like, the clothes don't fit me the same. So I found that to be surprising. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what's fascinating about that? And I love that you got a booty girl. <laughs> <laughs> Those twins are worth more than they know. No, I'm just <laughs> But it reminded me of something that I read about breast size, where um, some women actually keep their larger breasts. And I was like, come on, like, why couldn't that be me? Like, <laughs> I never had breasts before. 
then I get my pregnancy boobs, which were luxurious. And now it's like I got pancakes. So somebody please help me understand why Leah gets a booty and I get flabby boobs. Like somebody. Do I have to have twins? I think I think that's the key. <laughs> Sometimes life just ain't fair. It's just it's not fair. <laughs> mm. I will say, like, and I was and just kind of getting prepared for this episode. What was so empowering was I came across a blog article where a lot of different moms were sharing their experiences about their body changes. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it was beautiful to see how mom after mom after mom contextualized the permanent changes to her body in a positive light, feeling yeah. proud that her body has brought life into this world and not wanting to trade that for anything. So that yeah. helped me get out of like that off that pity train. You know what I mean? It helped me see that one, I'm not alone. And two, I I agree with those mamas. I feel proud. I have sort of a battle scarred, worn body, right? (laughs) From these experiences of giving of pregnancy and giving birth. But I I think it's worth it. You know, absolutely. I would totally do it again. You know, even with my C-section scar, like I would sign right back up. Um, for the blessing that has come out of that experience, which are the children. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you, Jaren and Leah, for bringing that perspective and for landing us exactly where we need to be for the end of this conversation. You have shifted the perspective to exactly where I believe it needs to be. And I think you both have stated it perfectly. As we prepare to wrap up, I want to ask both of you to give one or two tips to our listeners that have helped you in addressing these physical changes, these long-term changes that you have experienced and are experiencing in your body as a result of childbirth and pregnancy. Let's start with you, Jaren. You know, for me, I think it's being aware of what your, where your areas of concern are and really having a kind of lifestyle that can help address those issues or concerns that you have. So for example, for me, it's my stomach, right? That's, um, well, really stomach and boobs, right? So when I'm in a frame of mind where I'm not super stressed, I can modify what I'm eating. I can have a regular exercise routine. I can do things that help to strengthen my core or to help um, reduce excess weight. Um, and so that's one thing I would just recommend is being very clear on what your areas of concern are, which of those areas of concern are priority for you. And then focusing your energy there, right? You can't change everything all at once, but you certainly can make some good progress in, in, in one or two pointed areas that can help you feel better about yourself. Definitely, I'm not exercising now and I'm definitely using sugar as my best friend, but <laughs> when I wasn't, when I can get in a good exercise groove, I do see some improvement. And when I cannot eat so much you know, empty calories, I see some improvement. It never goes away but there's improvement and and that's encouraging. So that would be my recommendation is be clear about what you are wanting to work on and and don't overwhelm yourself because you can't change everything. Just choose one or two and go for it. My piece of advice would be, I mean, you said it a few times, Erin, but really do include your provider in some of those next steps. Um, You know, for my situation with my feet, 
like I didn't immediately go see a provider, but once it got to a point where I was like, okay, it's not going away. Um, it's definitely something that I need a little, you know, professional help on. Um, you know, I can only Google so much and, um, I feel like that really changed the game. So, you know, had I not have received that medicine when I did, it probably would have continued to linger and I would have been uncomfortable for, for much longer. So, um, I just want to reiterate like mama, if you're feeling, you know, something that's off, especially if it's lingering, then that is your sign to go in, um, to get checked out. Um, for whatever that may be, it could, you know, now they have a lot of um, virtual visits that could be an option depending on the circumstance. So that means it can be super convenient um, versus kind of going out of your way to go into the office, depending on, of course, what it is. I love that, Leah. You know, I think really quickly, I grew up in a family where we kind of minimized like issues, right? Like, oh, you're okay. Oh, you're fine. Oh, you're... Mm -hmm. And I remember when I had mastitis um, that got really bad and I had a huge abscess that had to be drained. And my husband kept telling me, if something's wrong, go to the doctor. I was like, no, I can do it. I'm fine. I'm okay. Until I was having like chills and like issues and I had to go. So I love that you said that, Leah, normalizing, especially for Black women, normalizing, seeking out medical care. Do not minimize and invalidate what you are experiencing in your body. You know it's different. You know what's a change. Go get some attention paid to that. So I love that, Leah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes to both of you ladies. So thank you so much for sharing those tips. I just want to add to that for many of the conditions that we have talked about today, moms, some of these are actually hereditary conditions, which mean they can run in the family. So it's really a good idea to talk to your mom um, if that's an option for you, speak with your mom, find out what her medical conditions are, what her medical history is, and perhaps some of the things that she experienced postpartum. So that could give you a good idea of some of the things that you may um, have to look out for or that you may be in store for. So we thank you for your time. We thank you for listening in. We hope that you were able to um, hear something that helped you, uh, that gave you some hope, that gave you a good laugh. And as always, Keep growing, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Growing in Motherhood. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Growing in Motherhood. If you like this show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other mamas just like you find the show. We also encourage you to even tell a friend. And if you would like to connect and continue to grow with us, we invite you to follow our Instagram page, at Growing in Motherhood for daily parenting insight and announcements for upcoming episodes. Until next time, bye! If you would like to connect and continue to grow with us, we invite you to follow our Instagram page at Growing in Motherhood for daily parenting insight and announcements for upcoming episodes. Until next time, bye! listening to Growing in Motherhood. If you like this show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other mamas just like you find the show. We also encourage you to even tell a friend. And if you would like to connect and continue to grow with us, we invite you to follow our Instagram page at Growing in Motherhood for daily parenting insight and announcements for upcoming episodes. Until next time, Bye.
Bye. Bye.